You filed a flight plan to mountain rescue. If we don't report in, they'll come looking for us. Now that's how it's supposed to work, except I put in a flight plan for Borum Caverns, and this isn't Borum Caverns, is it, Juno? We're in the wrong cave. Where are we? It hasn't got a name. It's a new system. No one's ever been down here before. Let me ask you a question. Would you prefer to stay alive without your mommy and daddy or die with them? That's a tough question, huh? It was moving. It was alive. It knows we're here. We just have to go. We have to go. We we didn't see it. I'm not staying here. If we try to leave, they kill us. We're being quarantined here. We are being kept here to die. While you were looking for me, I was looking for you. Well, I've got you now. Was that him in the car? Yeah, sure it was. Because it walked very far. Why is that? Because I cut off his legs. And I'm going to do the same to you. Once again, to Dark Discussions, your place for discussion for our film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one your co-host, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York? Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Excellent. All right, for folks who are new to the podcast or those who uh, have listened to us many times, who we are, we are the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. What we do here on this podcast is release a weekly episode discussing film, so horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno-thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, midnight movies, cult films, foreign language films, drive-in fear, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we also have an email, which is darkdiscussions at AOL.com. Uh, you can email us there, and always in the subject, put DDP, uh, which stands for Dark Discussions Podcast, in the subject, and then whatever else you want. Um, because if you type in DDP, we will know the email is specifically from a listener who wants us to read their email on the podcast, because we do get dozens and dozens of emails daily from um, agents and production companies and whatnot that want us to review their films and your emails get lost in that mix and if you uh, type DDP in the subject we can just do a search in our mailbox and that email will pop up we can read it on the podcast. Uh, so email us anything you want, uh, ideas, your opinion on a film we talked about or anything else. Uh, also uh, we do have um, a Facebook group called Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. And we do uh, have the date. Today is October 23, 2020. 
Well, yeah, 2023, that we are recording this. Uh, for some of our listeners like Tam, who are always curious when we uh, record episodes, uh, because sometimes they're not released right away, as we put some in the queue for uh, weeks that uh, we're on vacation, uh, we can still release an episode. Uh, however, this one will be released right away because uh, it's uh, our Halloween uh, episode, meaning uh, it's a film that we decided to do uh, because of the Halloween uh, month. Uh, and uh, we let our listeners choose. Uh, let Eric explain that in a bit. But uh, before we do, uh, Eric, uh, what else can people find on www.darkdiscussions.com? They can find a link to our Patreon account. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to the podcast. Producing this show is not free. Uh, we have to pay for stuff like uh, domain names and web hosting and computer equipment and movie rentals and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. Any and all contributions are greatly appreciated. Indeed, indeed. And uh, by donating, uh, you get a chance to choose a film for us to uh, record. And we pick one each quarter from our listeners who donate to Patreon. Um, All right. So, uh, Eric, uh, what's this uh, special edition of the podcast about, uh, even though it's oddly um, a brand new film anyway, so it's kind of a film that we we could have just possibly done. (laughs) But what what, what is the contest that we did? I I don't understand why I keep on having to be the one to explain this when you're the one with a fucking Blu-ray you're giving away. (laughs) Because because you you have the radio voice. You have the radio voice. Well, Phil has a Blu-ray he goes, he's, he's going to give away. It's a, a copy of The Conjuring, uh, which is a is a good horror movie. Um, so in order to enter to the contest to win this Blu-ray, uh, we had people write in with a Halloween watch suggestion uh, that could not be trick-or-treat and it could not be part of a franchise. So um, we got a number of submissions and we drew one at random. And Phil, do you want to announce the winner? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so uh, we, we had a, a number of folks that uh, sent in uh, contributions uh, to try to win the the Blu-ray and uh, give us their choices. And uh, what we did was uh, throw all those choices into a randomizer, and we picked the randomizer. And whoever film popped up, uh, we would do an episode, the Halloween special episode on that film, and they would also win the Blu-ray, a uh, brand new unopened the conjuring blu-ray the original and that was uh uh podcaster sometime co-host and actually uh listener uh amy rain amy rain out of uh, i believe illinois or wisconsin i think it's wisconsin i think she's near wisconsin uh what's that city over there milwaukee i think or she could be yeah i think she's from near milwaukee so uh she has won the disc and we're going to do her topic tonight and um the disc uh i'll get a hold of her contact her I, i talk to her uh, all the time anyway. So uh, I'll get her address again, even though I've mailed things to her before. Uh, and we will get that out as soon as possible. And that's another reason why Patreon is always helpful because uh, some of these expenses, such as the, the Blu-ray, as well as um, uh, the mailing of it and such, uh, cost money. And it comes out of our own hands. And not that the listeners should have to pay for any of this. Um, it uh, helps uh, give back to the group of us who are um, doing this uh, for free 
uh, to entertain folks who uh, just like to hear our opinions on horror films. Um, all right, so that's pretty much it. Uh, if we have time at the end of the episode, we'll uh, go about uh, discussing what we've been watching, or things in the news, and that like. Uh, and with that, uh, Eric, uh, why don't you let everybody know what we're going to discuss tonight that Amy chose. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a movie that's currently available for digital rental, or you can stream it if you have a subscription to AMC Plus or Shudder, called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. Death is a disease. It infected my brother, Chris. My hypothesis? There's a cure. Your daughter has a very disturbing obsession. What obsession? Death. Just think about your brother. You didn't have the chance to bury him. Just wish I could catch who took his body. Death is the disease that broke my family. I'm sick of seeing it. to be running around here calling you some type of mad scientist. <laughs> Can I hang out with my friend? What friend? Chris. Where did you see him? He talks to me. Monster is a brand new film. It actually uh, did uh, uh, theaters, uh, special screenings, uh, like a lot of films nowadays do, uh, earlier this year. Uh, but uh, then it was released pretty much everywhere um, uh, just recently. Uh, I think June 9th, it says. So only a couple of months ago. Uh, the film is directed first time uh, director Omani J. Story. Uh, the film is uh, stars uh, a number of folk: uh, Layla De Leon Hayes, Edom Atsu Swansea, uh, Denzel Whitaker, Chad Alcoman, among others. Uh, the film 
uh, had a sm- uh, small box office of 123,000, uh, which makes sense because, again, it was a very limited release. Um, but uh, they had a website where you could buy tickets and whatnot, and I'll discuss a little about that later, uh, how I heard about the film. And then uh, the film is getting uh, fairly decent reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's uh, getting about 84% from critics. Um, it is uh, a film that um, is kind of based off of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and I'm sure Mike will, will want to talk about that, as uh, I will and the rest of us will, to be honest. Um, but uh, I'm trying to bring up the, the film now uh, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes to give what the, the locals – meaning the audiences, I should say, thinking uh, they pretty much are right on the same page. They're at 80-something percent as well. So so the film is uh, fairly um, consistent between reviewers and audiences. Um, all right, so I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we feel about it. So uh, let's. I guess um, we can start with uh, you, Mike. What, what do you got? How did you hear about this film and what do you think? I think Mike is on mute. Did we lose Mike? No, he's just on mute. Ah, Mike is on mute. Yes, he is. Ah, here okay, he is. I'm off. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so I had already heard about it uh, and been interested in watching it sometime, I think, late summer. I don't remember if I caught and I'm, if I saw it listed in local theaters, but I didn't get a chance to see it if it did. Um, it's a Frankenstein story. I'm open, always open for a new Frankenstein story. Um, there it's it's very obvious uh, in that it's a mad scientist uh, putting bodies together and bringing them back from the dead. So it, it's right there. But you know we certainly have a, a long history of, of Frankenstein type stories, uh, and the basic outline being used for um, to say whatever it is that somebody wants to say. I mean, even like you could take look something like RoboCop in many ways as a Frankenstein story. Um, and of course the monster comes back to haunt its creator. Uh, I like this. Um, I have, it's, it's definitely got a point of view, which I appreciate. Um, but it also, uh, there are times I think that it's a little too heavy handed. The opening, uh, monologue, uh, I thought was, was, was a little too much. Uh, the fact that it's, the narrator is a 16 to 17 year old girl makes it a little more palatable in context because, you know, I can understand a 16 or 17 year old being a little overly pretentious, uh, but that's still not necessarily a good excuse for the, the people writing the film. Um, and I think sometimes they're a little uh, hit a little hard on, on the, the allegory um, where they just take out the, uh, the highlighter, make sure the audience knows exactly uh, what they're thinking. I'm not sure I agree with the, I don't, not sure that the closing summation of their argument is entirely earned uh, and that I don't think it's entirely connected to what they were saying before. But I think along the way, I think it has an interesting story to tell. I think it's an interesting interpretation of the Frankenstein monster. Uh, I think they, they do a pretty good job uh, on a very low budget. Uh, it also helps that I'm a big fan of uh, Chad Coleman from The Wire and from uh, the first five seasons of The Walking Dead, uh, and he plays the dad in this, so I was glad to see him have something to do, because uh, I don't think I've seen him in anything since the, he, his character 
expired uh, ten years ago in The Walking Dead? Oh, long it's ago, been that long. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in season five, it ended in season eleven, and I think they yeah. right or eleven or twelve. So um, yeah. So as I said, overall, I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, it's been a weak year, uh, so that helped. But uh, yeah, so that that's it for now. All right, sounds good. Uh, Eric, what do you got? Um, this movie. I didn't love it, but I liked it all right. Um, I think it's solidly made. There's there's some skilled uh, film craft going on here. Um, and I thought there was some good acting in the movie. I thought the standout performance in the movie was Denzel Whitaker uh, as the local drug kingpin. I thought he was excellent. Um, there are a couple little issues I had with the movie, um, which I'll get into post-spoiler. Um and I understand Mike's uh, comment about uh, a little heavy-handed on the commentary sometimes. Um, although overall, uh, I thought it was uh, pretty. I mean, uh, the people making the movie obviously wanted to make a point, and they made it successfully. So, um, yeah, it's there. Um, I don't think I like this movie enough to revisit it in the future. Um, but I'm I'm not a hater either. Um, I think it's fine. All right, sounds good. Uh, for me, um, I actually heard this about this film through uh, actor Dan Lynch. Uh, he's uh, uh, friends with uh, uh, the actor that plays uh, the monster, uh, so Edom Etsu Swansea. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, Edom Etsu Swansea uh, cannot uh, be interviewed at this time because part of the actor strike, he's unable to. Uh, participate in, in doing that. Um, but uh, he told me about it and he said that, uh, he gave me the website and he said, hey, Phil, it's uh, playing around. You should probably check it out. Um, I heard it's pretty good. So uh, I looked around and sure enough, it was it was local, but not, not local enough or days that uh, I could see it. Uh, it was about 35 miles away and it was on like weeknights or something and that the film was, was being uh, uh, shown. Uh, at major theaters on the big screen, and um, I, I just don't have the time at night to uh, to do that often with with the, so many things that I, I do have going on in my wife my life, including uh, sometimes. Interesting slip of the tongue there, Phil. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, just for the fact that you have kids, you have uh, help with homework. You have I'm doing one or two podcasts a week. Uh, I got uh, sports events. I got. Uh, my trivia night that I do and on and on. So I just wasn't able to go. I, I mean, I don't really go to the films anyway much anymore unless it's for the kids or it's for the podcast. And uh, since we were, there was no way um, this film was going to be everywhere that anybody could see it, uh, I didn't want to suggest it as, as an episode at that time just for the fact that it wouldn't be available for all of us to see. Um, so that's how I heard about it. Uh, so I watched it uh, this morning before work. Um, and again, Eric mentioned that it was uh, free on Shutter. Uh, as one of the options if you do have a subscription, and that's that's where I watched it. Um, so my feelings on the film. Uh, I'm kind of where Eric stands. Uh, I feel the film is very well made and very well acted. Uh, the filmmaker, the, the director slash screenwriter, and especially on his uh, film debut, uh, did an absolutely remarkable job uh, in, in directing the film um, and putting it together. And so the, the people who who um, uh, filmed it and whatnot. It was really good. And, of course, all the actors were, were absolutely fantastic. Um, 
And uh, this is what I got to say. I wrote more on this film than I ever have about any other film that we are going to talk about. I I wrote, uh, let me see here, at least four pages worth of notes. Holy cow. Uh, Yeah, no kidding, right? Um, So anyway, this is what I wrote about my thoughts on the film. Um, Let me see here. here. Uh, I feel the film is well made and acted well, and its attempt to recreate a Frankenstein tale in the modern era in what appears to be a neighborhood of an American city is done good enough. But I feel that this movie, like much of art, politics, modern societal norms, in this post-melting pot, colorblind society of identity politics is part of the problem and offers little positivity to the general public discussion. But it does have a number of talking points for folks who decide to do choose to talk about them and who feel those talking points are important to be said in a film, uh, whether or not the film needed them. Uh, So I I was um, okay with the film. Uh, As an acting and directing effort, I felt it was excellent, uh, as well as anybody else behind the scenes. Uh, But as a screenplay, I feel that um, the heavy-handedness, as as you, Eric, and you, Mike, have, have brought up uh was way too too uh much and uh completely unnecessary unless they were trying to make that as uh the topic of the film and it's there and yeah it becomes a topic of the film because it's stated i mean it's kind but, of in the title <laughs> but it, it wasn't necessary well it depends on what your definition is of angry black girl is and so yeah obviously that could mean that they're angry at society or life or world or their status and whatever it, that's true I, I, let's put it this way i wasn't surprised fair enough fair enough or, <laughs> or it could have been just a a uh a a term of of uh identifying uh characteristics of an individual but you're right that's that's a fair point uh i just didn't expect it to be as, as heavy-handed and and i felt a lot of uh the comments were non sequitur and came out of nowhere and weren't necessary to the story. But that's just my opinion. Um, but I, I probably won't revisit the film. But uh, I did. I did not uh, dislike the film. I, I just thought it was uh, way too heavy-handed in its uh, message uh, or messages that I didn't feel were even necessary. Uh, let's go, V. Barrett. Um, yeah, I think the movie was really well produced. The acting was amazing. Standout, like um, Eric said, uh, actor. He was great. Um, it 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 fit all those things for me. The environment fit for me. I mean, I recently watched Reanimator, so I was you know in the mood for monster creation, um, and I liked that. I thought it was neat. I liked the exploration of death, but I usually like my messages a little more subtle. I don't like a two by four to the head um, on the message. This was a two by four, and it got old fairly quickly for me. Um, I, but I like the general story. It I won't revisit it probably um, because of the message. I don't need to keep hearing it over and over again. But the story was interesting, so it's worth seeing once. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, once again, the story was written by the director Bomani J. Story, but obviously uh, the the whole idea, the whole topic, uh, the whole theme is is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley and a different twist all right so uh that's our opinions on the film uh so uh eric uh, do we have a wiki 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 
Vicaria is a brilliant teenager who believes death is a disease that can be cured. After the brutal murder of her brother, she embarks on a dangerous journey to bring him back to life. All right, sounds good. That that uh, makes sense. Uh, that's fine. Again, you know the the title. Uh, you know, just saying a girl and her monster that that could alone may. may I mean Frankenstein, but uh, if you watch the trailer, you, you definitely get that idea. Um, all right, so what we do here on the Dark Discussions podcast, well, we do a number of things, but uh, the first thing we do is review the film, which we just did. We gave our general thoughts on on the feature, uh, but we do more here on Dark Discussions than that. So for our new listeners or those that are old, uh, what we do is we also critique and dissect the film, and as, as mentioned by uh, many of us uh, in the review section, uh, there's obviously certain messages, some uh, about put it in one way, which is with a two by four, and others said it was maybe too uh, was pointed. But either way, uh, there's a lot to talk about uh, based off of uh, the film, and so we're going to critique and dissect uh, what the producers, the writers, the directors, the actors, and so forth were trying to get at uh, that may be related to uh, society as a whole. Uh, never mind Frankenstein. The, the story has, has a lot to say about life and society too. Uh, but we won't do that. At first, what we do is we talk about general things related to the film. So we could talk about the Frankenstein story itself. We could talk about um, inner city uh, horror. We, uh, you know, uh, we could talk about and anything and anything that's that's generic to uh, the film. Uh, but then, at a certain point, we will throw up a spoiler alert, and at that point, uh, we will talk about details uh, that would quote unquote spoil the film for anybody who's listening to this podcast. So if you don't want to hear that until you see the film, assuming it matters to you, um, we, we will throw that up so you can shut off the podcast and go watch this film wherever you prefer to watch the film, uh, rental or, or on one of the free services, AMC and Shutter, or, or maybe there's even a disc at this time, I don't know. Uh, but uh, So at this point, we're going to just talk about the general stuff. So uh, let's go and uh, begin. Where do we want to begin? What, what do we want to talk about? Uh, Mike, this is a Frankenstein story. Am I right? That's what we were talking about, right? Uh-oh, Mike's on, on mute He's again. muted again. Yeah. He must be oh, trying yeah. to eat dinner at the same time. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. So, oh, there he is. He's back. I'm not muted. You are unmuted now, yeah. I'm not muted. Not there now. You, you were before. I wasn't were. before. No, I wasn't. Show the icon on the screen. It's, it's I, I, the looked, I was looking at the icon on the, my screen. It was not muted. I don't know what to tell you. We couldn't hear you. We, that seems we couldn't like hear you. I think Barrett already answered it. Skype is fucking weird tonight. There it is. <laughs> I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Blame Microsoft, those bastards. Anyway, uh, Mike, so this is a Frankenstein story, right? Yeah. In fact, if you pay attention, you see the, the name of the uh, lead character is uh, Vigaria F. They yep, mentioned yep. that it's a German name. Right. Yeah. yeah. They do everything um, call her Frankenstein. Yeah, it. so they don't yeah. actually use the name Frankenstein, but it's pretty obvious that she's um, she's little lady Frankenstein. Um, and I don't know if being coy with it is any. I don't know if it's clever or too clever. I, I don't. I don't. I don't really have an opinion about that one way or another. I thought uh, it was fun, it, whether it was you know. Fun. Yeah. But I was. I, I don't know. Like, a, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where like they. It's hard for me to, like, should they have just kept alluding to it? Should they have not alluded to it? Should they have pulled the Band-Aid off at some point and and given us her name? I wish uh, they could though, have been as subtle with everything else as they were with that. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> Here's the thing. There are things about this that I feel are not as obvious as other things, but the problem is there are things that they hit you so hard to sell it, I think some of the nuance might get lost. Or maybe I'm just seeing nuance you know, where, where there wasn't any. Um, and I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for a moment that sometimes when you're trying to get people to listen, you have to shout because they don't want to listen. Right. And I think we we really need to be in a position where everyone gets so defensive um, because if for some, I don't know if you picked it up from the title, but race is a theme in this film. <laughs> and and any time yeah. you talk about race, people get really defensive because the, the you know one of the worst things you can be in this society is is of after pedophile is racist swifty right that's how that goes and then um so nobody wants to be called racist or thought of as racist or everyone hears a complaint from someone and just immediately is like is on guard because they're afraid that they or their friends or loved ones or whatever may be getting called racist or at least if you're in our tribe, which I think we should point out, is uh, pretty much Caucasian. Some of us are very white. Some of us are off-white. But we're all white. <laughs> um, I'm also Latino. Right, which is still white. Yeah, still fair white. Yeah, fair enough. You're, off, so, you're the off-white, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us Erdl, are lily-white. There. <laughs> you're, you're the Mayflower type, Eric. <laughs> I am. I am. Yeah. Um, anyway, continue, Mike. Continue, Mike. So there's that. So, like I said, there, I'm sure there will be people, and I have tried very hard. Um, I'm sure I could try harder to listen when people talk about uh, – let me rephrase that. When black people are talking about their experiences, do not tell them that they're wrong about their experiences. To listen to what they say and process it. Sometimes I'll agree. Sometimes I'll disagree. Most often I'll just – process it and hear it and accept that that's their experience and that's their viewpoint. Now, when, when, um, when do you, when do you get that viewpoint and uh, discussion? Because I, I don't, I, I'm not sure if people actively seek that discussion or is it mostly online that, that you, you see this? Cause, because no, I've had, I'll like, I'll give you an example. I had a, a I know I've talked with um, Al guy from scares the care. Okay. Uh, I had some, certainly some, students who are black and listen to what they have to say when they have to say it. Some of whom, not many of them don't say anything, but some of them, because they're young people are very opinionated. And I try very hard not to say you're wrong um, or you're right. Let's, let's go either way. Uh, but it, as a white guy, you like the first instinct you tend to see is no, 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 it can't possibly be that. No, no, no. That's maybe sometimes you need to listen. Um, and, Maybe that's part of it. Part of me, though, feels like this is, and I again, I could be wrong. I don't know the intent of the filmmaker. It feels like this is a film, I'm assuming, made by a black filmmaker for black audiences, which to me is kind of like the Christian movies made by Christians for Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, I, I have a lot to say about that, too. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm not saying, and and. Maybe they're just saying, hey, here's how we see things. This is our perspective. And I think you could argue this is a pers- very a for fairly specific, 
specific perspective in that it's dealing with um, a black girl and her family and friends uh, in a tenement project uh, with a high crime rate, which I think it's fair to say does not cover the entirety of the black experience. And anyone who tried to say so uh, would be called racist, but it is certainly given uh, that that perspective and that part of the community. And I can't say that not having A, been a girl, B, black, or C, well, lived uh, and, uh, and I'm assuming. Can I, can I break into that for just a second? I, I just want to mention that this is the African American experience, not the Caribbean American experience, because Caribbean Americans have a different uh, experience than African Americans. But I this is specific I, to uh, African. Well, but anyway, beyond so, beyond yeah. that, what I'm okay. I don't understand their experience either necessarily. However, when we start talking about historical figures and calling them human traffickers, that muddles the issue because that's not a shared experience. That's just people talking about history. And then I start having problems. with. But it's also, but it, with, but it's also a common perspective among the community. So, I, right. But, but, but there's a real. There's I don't understand and, why. And, I mean, he was, he, he, right. I would say he helped facilitate genocide of the Indians, the Native Americans. Yeah, you're but, talking about Christopher Columbus. That, that, yes, that's, yes. Because it was mentioned in this film. And and I have a thing to say about that scene, too. Well, I'll talk I, about it right after you two folks go. I go thought he there. suggested that Indians weren't be good as slaves because so many had gotten sick. Um, and I thought, I could be wrong about this, um, because it's not a thing I've studied intently. Um, that he had recommended using Africans, but I could be wrong about well, that. Well, and none of us were alive during his time, so... It's, hey, it's we from, don't know. It's, it's from books, right? And all the people who were alive during his time are no longer with us. So, I, you know, I mean, it is what it is. But but the scene was specific to um, comparing Malcolm X and Christopher Columbus. And... I it felt I, weird anyway. Yeah, that, that I don't I don't know where that came from, but also that scene and and this is what I wrote about that scene is the scene where the woman shows the Malcolm X book and discusses the quote unquote real history versus the history taught in schools, which is the Christopher Columbus part you're mentioning, Barrett, is intentionally on point to the message of the movie itself, but it also to someone with my lived in experience shows the intentional double standards of the discussion of historical figures in modern world. Malcolm X, no matter what good one feels he has done, was a known anti-Semite who associated with those who also were anti-Semitic and also believed that violence is an option to end things. While other historical figures from different cultures or backgrounds are now considered problematic, even if those historical figures also did as well important and great things for the advancement of humanity, culture, or their nations. But so if the director intentionally was trying to persuade an audience member like myself, who is open to hearing all points of view, specifically that of the filmmaker, it actually like most vocal folks in culture wars, did the opposite effect to me. So I feel the film is really only trying to repeat the beliefs of a certain group of audience members with the same viewpoints and nothing more. And as I stated in my initial thoughts on the film, the messages stated at points in the film are actually causing divisiveness more than fixing or righting any wrong that the filmmaker feels. Again, that's just my feelings. So that's, that's what I have to say on that scene. 
Okay. I'm going to break in here for a second. I've been quiet for this conversation so far. Please. <laughs> and I will, I will say this. Um, like Mike was saying, sometimes if you want to be heard, you have to shout. So while I understand everybody's complaints about the heavy handedness of the messaging in this movie, um, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that the filmmaker shouldn't do this. Um, I think it's fine for filmmakers to put their own viewpoints in the movie. And if they want to be heavy handed about it, that's their choice. Um, I, I, I get the point you're trying to make there, Phil. Um, at the same time, I, I mean, uh, <laughs> black people have a lot of things to be angry about. And I'm not going to sit here and say they shouldn't talk about it. Um, I'm not saying that at all. So no, I don't think be, either. So. I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm saying that. <laughs> they can say whatever they want in this movie. I just think it gets muddled when you start bringing in things like I mentioned. Right. And, um, and, and, and it, it makes, hurts the argument. Right. It makes me – it actually does the opposite opinion to someone with my life experience it, where I disagree rather than saying, yeah, that's a good point. I agree with that, that comment about Christopher Columbus and Malcolm X. It actually makes me – Complete opposite. So I, I obviously I don't think it was effective. Or well, I'm just going to say that I'm fairly certain that the filmmaker has done more research on that than you have. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that's true. I, I, I'm going to walk away from this. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean that's you don't know. We don't know the research of the yeah. right. Nor do you know, know the research my own or us. Right, or, or us, exactly. You don't know if me and Barrett have, have read hundreds of books on, on any of that's this. That's why I expressed not complete certainty. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Way less than complete. Right, yeah, right. It, it was just, it felt like that came out of nowhere, that point, that he has done more research than us. That was an assumption you made, and, and it could it be was. correct. That's why I said I'm fairly certain, so let's fucking move on. Right, and... So, like, you bring up the point about uh, Malcolm X being anti-Semitic, and I've not done a, a whole lot of depth of research on Malcolm X. He was anti-Semitic. He was uh, with the Nation of Islam, and he left the Nation of Islam, and, re and when he did it, claimed to have rejected a lot of its racist teachings. So I, I've had this argument with people who, like, talk about things that Abraham Lincoln said. People can start in one place in a position, and they have an entire life. When you're looking but at that, the that's the double and where standard, they started right? are not necessarily where they ended. And in this case, does that or do, I'm sorry, that feels like. And to me, it rings true of a person who is in that place at that time. Having that opinion, they are not giving your voice and your opinion. This is not trying to give a nuanced and balanced point of view. I prefer when I get something like that, but that's not the point of this film. It's not trying to be that. I think that that exchange happened to be a little forced. I think they did a much better job of uh, the girl earlier in the film saying, study everyone, uh, look at you know, and look, look at everyone, not just what they tell you in school. And I, I think got that's, a thing about that one too, and I'll read that. And one I think that is a, I think that is a bet much better and more balanced viewpoint because, well, look, reality is, like I know when I was in school, you had a very simple black and white, Martin Luther King good, Malcolm X bad, and that was, a, and that's about all you really got about Malcolm X. You didn't get much more, or at least I didn't. Um, going to a a, a rural school in upstate New York. Uh, Mike, you're having technical difficulties. 
you're breaking up and we see the mute icon again, even if you didn't put it on. Right. Yeah. So my mic is having no, that, oh, that time back. was the kit. That that particular time was the kitten. And you know what's um, weird um, is is it still says you're muted even though you're not muted. So yeah, Skype is all screwed up tonight. So continue, Mike. So um, I was saying it's that I, I think that was a much better way to handle that because and it also dealt specifically with what she was dealing with, which was um, her looking at science and uh, people she 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 may have looked at. Oh, we lost Mike. Now he's on mute. And then have someone else bring up Malcolm yeah. X and yeah. uh, Christopher Columbus in something that is at best tangentially related to the, the actual plot. I think I had more that that just felt forced in there and didn't need to be there. And if that right. was not there, the film would not have changed one iota. It, but it, again, muddles, it muddles it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, well, yeah. yeah. And I'm arguing. Yeah, and I'm just saying. My point was is that it, it, it's uh, one one historical figure is now uh, being uh, looked at differently, while another one who has has quote unquote sins as well. Uh, there's a double standard there. Well, and, when, I, when and, I look back at episodes of The Sopranos and the the families talking about how great Marconi was, or talking about uh, how great Columbus was, and you clearly get it that they're saying it because it's coming from the point of view of an Italian family and they're taking the side of famous Italians. And I think in this, in this particular case, you're, you, I don't take issue with the character saying that because it feels authentic to who the character is. Nobody tried to make Tony Soprano give a nuanced examination of the life of Christopher Columbus. Right. And right. I don't think in this right. case, nobody should be making this. Uh, so what, young what, was, what was the point of, of having those comments in, in Sopranos as as what was the point of it? I, it's been movie? so long because I've seen it. I don't remember, but it's part of who those characters are. It's telling you something about those characters. But you could argue whether it belonged there or not. And I I'll come down on I think the film would have been better if it had stayed more focused. Uh, but I don't have a too much of a problem with the character saying that because that's a character who has a point of view. Probably a point of view shared by the filmmaker, I'm going to assume, but certainly one that's shared by a lot of people in that community, and that's part of what the film is speaking to. Now, now you, you brought up, Mike, the, the original scene uh, where she's talking about the inventors, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, correct? Yes. Okay, yeah, I I, have, I wrote something about that too, and that's actually the first paragraph I wrote um, because that was the the, the earliest scene. Uh, and this is what I wrote about that. I go, the first sign of a message film was discussion with her neighbor about inventors. She listed, meaning the lead character, at least two women inventors. I forget who she mentioned, and then discussed how Einstein and Edison were taught, but others aren't, and that it was implied that it was intentional that they're not taught. Uh, this is somewhat false, but also her statements about Edison patterning further items from the, his group of engineers that worked for him was in 
no way different than many other inventors, examples being Steve Jobs or many other famous inventors that, you know, we can And this is where well, I'm not going to defend and, Edison. He's not such a great guy. And, and well, I, 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 I won't go that far. But and, and, and even if other inventors such as the two she mentions are not taught in schools, we can say the same for those who invented the microwave or the solid state drive or many different mathematical theories or any other items. A lot isn't taught or covered in schools any more than the two she mentioned. As General Allenby of the British military in World War I stated, Lawrence of Arabia will always be remembered due to his high profile and media attention, while he, Allenby, will only be remembered by reading a history book. Folks like Einstein and Edison were more than just inventors. And no matter the reason, if they had more opportunity, that doesn't explain the inventor of the microwave or the solid state drive and so on not being taught in schools, never mind the two that she mentioned. So I think it's I a, think I think with I think Edison is the, the fairer target there because so, he because when we were growing up we got a very romanticized version. I think of yeah. what Edison was. Yes. Um, but look, I, I so you know I teach chemistry. Chemistry was largely the foundations of chemistry, of modern chemistry as we understand it, not alchemy and the stuff stretching back. Um, comes from white people, white Europeans. It just the, the and the the biggest discoveries are, are people like Priestley and Lavoisier and Dalton uh, and Avogadro and people like that. Um, I'm sorry, there were not a lot of women allowed in the club back then. There were not a lot of Africans or Japanese or Chinese. It is what it is, and that's the historic work. And yes, you have had plenty of contributions since then, but when you're talking about the foundations, the basics of it, ground zero was Western Europe in the 18, in the mostly the 18th and 19th century, right? So that's where that is, and you, you can't change the facts of that history. So that's why they get mentioned. It's why that's why they get taught. But you're right. You can't cover everyone. But she's speaking from her point of view as a young black woman and referring to other famous black women and that you have to see more than just that. And if she's going and she's saying, go look for yourself, I cannot take exception to that. Oh, I concur. Absolutely, she should look for herself. That's that's how you'll you'll find out who invented the microwave and the solid state drive, among many other things as well. Absolutely. And that's how you learn about General Allenby by by going and 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 learning yourself. Because again, these things aren't taught in school. You only have so much time to talk in school, and and right, you know, I mean, on and on and on. So it's it's a fair argument. I have no issues with it, though. I feel it was again again as a teenager, so that's fine too. But again, these aren't this this is written by I'm assuming adult. Uh, individual that wrote and directed the film. So I, I, I obviously know that that there is a pointed message uh, there, um, and that's fine. It's just that, you know, it, it's I, I immediately just saw Steve Jobs and 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 the microwave and the SSD and all these other things and said, this, me, is this, how is, it is. This, "This feels like you're hitting. You're coming at it. To me, it seems like you're coming at it." already with the defensive position um well you, you know i i don't want to say that again that, that's that's a way that that and i'm not saying that's what you're doing mike but that's a way that people will attack other people that disagree with certain things is by saying oh they're being defensive and and you know you could you could say that this whole movie 
is a defensive. Who, this individual who wrote it is being defensive. And so, may, may, yeah, maybe I'm guilty by saying, oh, they're being defensive. So, but either way, the, the point of the movie is, is causing, um, I guess, defense for various people uh, or offense, if you prefer, but, because, you know, yeah, go on. Erica. I was just going to say, it seems like your your main complaint with this movie is uh, that the people that, that produce the story are using examples that exemplify their point and not using all examples. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And that's what I wrote. I wrote, I have that written out too, is that this film is, is either doing one of two things. It's trying to influence other people to see their point of view and go, Oh yeah, I see that. Or it's just speaking to a specific audience, which is what Mike said in his review of the film, which is maybe this film is is for uh, African American audience, and and so it's speaking to them, and and if that's the case, okay, but but it it doesn't. Yeah, uh, I was going to say I don't I, I don't necessarily object out of those things. Yeah, and, and and again, that's fine. It's just that it's not my film then. And if it's tr- if he's trying to t- to have me go, oh yeah, I like your opinion. I think he's doing the opposite. But so. If he's doing the first, which is uh, writing the film for a certain group of people, whether – and when I say people, I, that could mean political uh, opinions, never mind ethnicity, heritage, religion, or whatever. That's fine. It's just that I don't think he's, he wrote it for, for – or the individual. I, I, I don't know uh, who the director is offhand. Uh, that individual wrote it for someone like myself. As Mike said, we're all lily white folk in some degree, uh, whether it's, it's Northern European or Latino. So uh, that's – so yeah, I, I, I think you may be right there, Eric. From my perspective, I think that they could have used allegory much more subtly and gotten the same points across – and I know you guys want to say that they need to yell it to make people hear, but the yelling is what made the movie not as good to me. So whether you like that or not, that's how I felt about it. No, I don't fair. care. I, I don't hate the message. I don't have a problem with the message. They no, just... I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, but here's like where I'm coming at this from. I actually find some of the points they're making with the messaging of this movie, really interesting. And I enjoy reading articles about those things. However, I'd probably prefer not to get it in my horror movie entertainment. I don't mind it in the horror movie entertainment if it's subtle. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know. It just, it didn't work. I don't even think it has to be that subtle. I mean, I didn't think Get Out was that subtle, and I really enjoyed that. Um, Well, that's true. You have a good point there. And I, I think to me, it's just a matter of, it feels like there were things that were put in here that didn't, need to be that didn't necessarily that only hit the theme in the broadest sense let's put it that way um and i think it feels like someone who maybe thought well this may be the only movie i get a chance to write so i'm going to say everything i want to say in this film uh even if again it doesn't necessarily stay on point but that's what makes it sad a lot of this stuff i think is also very true to who those characters are and they're very true to the opinions they're going to find in that community. Now, not yeah, now I agree with that. And, and, and it's not, but it's it's not in, it's not a treatise. It's not a school. It's not trying to present a balanced point of view. So I don't take an issue with that. And at the very least, like I said, sometimes you have to you know shout in order to be heard. Um, I'm not saying that that's was the appropriate response here. I think a film, because of the power film has. 
shouts plenty just normally. And then when you make the film shout even louder, that's when it gets heavy handed. And I've had that opinion about films I've agreed with and films I've disagreed with. You know, I've enjoyed films that have a, a, um, a more subtler hand. I think there were things in this film that were subtle that um, maybe got lost because the rest of it wasn't. Um, you know, I don't think, I mean, you look at uh, Chris, the, the, the brother who's killed, he's involved in drugs. We, we don't, and if you watch at the beginning of the film, he's chasing someone who shoots, who's shooting back at him. He was apparently the aggressor in that. You know, he was not some, and he wasn't some 14-year-old black guy uh, who was the unfortunate victim. He was in, knowingly involved in working for Kango, the drug dealer. Um, there's all sorts of reasons to look at this and see that there's plenty of responsibility on the behalf of the people who are there. And that a lot of it's circumstances, that they don't, uh, well, there's a couple of shootings involving police in this. You never find out all the details. Um now, maybe it's I'm just supposed to immediately assume that there was a wrongful shooting on the behalf of the cop um, or know what the circumstances are. But I think a large part of it is just this is fucking tragic. And I think whatever you, you think, I think that's you can make that argument. Um, and I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, I think they wanted that amb- amb- ambiguity. And I like that, actually, not knowing what what the deal is there. If you just seeing what they're dealing with in that neighborhood worked for me. Right. And I think this is coming from the point of view of a girl who, yes, gets dragged into the the, the life of crime, um, again, kind of against her will, but the point of view of bystanders of the, the chaos going on around them. And I think that is venting a lot of their anger and frustration in that circumstance. And I'm not going to say that someone in that position, um, I, I could... I. It doesn't have a point and isn't entitled to feel some anger and frustration, even if I don't necessarily agree with every single thing that they're going to have to say or come to the same exact conclusions using the same arguments. We, we know, can say – like, like I said, it has a point of view. I don't we think can, any of us are saying can, that they don't – they can't say what they want to say or that they don't have a point or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Well, we, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that, that the girl has had a pretty tough life in the sense that her mother – was killed in a, in a random crime, and her brother was killed, as you stated, Mike, and the father has become des- desolate, or, or I think that's the word. Despondent. Uh, despondent, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Um, and, and, and a walking zombie, in a sense, uh, because of the, the pain and, and suffering that he feels. Um, and, and she states it in an interesting way that that's like a symptom of death. death. And, and so I'm yeah. thinking, oh my God, he's going to suicide or something like that. But, but either way, she she's lived a, a, a tough life in the sense that uh, her, the matriarch and and her sibling have both pa- perished uh, in untimely deaths. And and for a, a young girl at that age, and, and again, we, I don't even know how old she was when when the mother passed. Um, that obviously will, will cause a major impact on someone's life for sure. And and Mike is spot on when when uh, that can. Uh, do a lot of things to a person. It can bring them to depression. It can bring them to anger. It can bring them to faith and hope. Maybe it it, it, it can be bring them to all these things. And and the depiction of of the girl um, is 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 fair, Mike, for, for you to say say what you you mentioned. Uh, Barrett, you were going to say something. I already said it. Oh, okay, Mike. 
uh, any further things you want to say about that? that because, uh, no, I just yeah. – like I said, I'm not coming from the point of view of wanting to argue with this movie because I'm hearing everything from the voice of the characters. Yep. Uh, and I well, I, I hear it. You, you could argue that you're hearing the voice of, of the filmmaker more than the characters. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Right. But it's yeah. through characters that would have that point of view. Okay. Okay. I can go with that. Maybe maybe um, maybe, they, right. maybe they just <laughs> just po- pointed it out to 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 uh, Blade. And but, like yeah. I, said, I think they didn't need to use a highlighter all the time. Um, but there's also I, I like think I that's said, the, think, the best way to put it, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Is that I think, like I said, I don't think they ever absolve Chris of his responsibility for his actions. You, but you still have a father that misses his son, a sister that misses her brother, and uh, a baby that's going to be born without his father. Right. You know that. That it's a tragic situation, even if, um, you know, he made this mistake of of uh, of hanging around and joining up with Kangol. Um, well, you, and that's the thing. I've always said that you don't know if it was a mistake because maybe he. You you always blame one person for the actions of another, but you could argue that maybe he was a bad seed too. We don't know enough about the character. So, well, yeah, but then that still was, it still was not the right choice. Right. I would concur with that. Yeah. Um, it's not like, well, you were a bad seed. You didn't have any other choice to do that. No, the whole point is what makes someone a bad seed often is just the choices they make. And he right. made a bad choice. Um, and you can certainly go through the argument of, uh, well, uh, it was a victim of circumstance, but I don't think this absolved people of the responsibility of their choices, even if they were in a horrible circumstance. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, we, we've always uh, thought that way. I think through throughout, um, you know, we we always talk about you know what what creates a serial killer, uh, and and you know you mentioned the horrible things that have happened to many. Some, some they just are serial killers because they're just born that way. But some are, are become because they were tortured or something terrible happened to them as children. But there's also for every serial killer, there's always someone that that can that that is now a, a CEO or, or a, a doctor or a Peace Corps worker that came from the same background, and 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 they're fine folk. So uh, circumstance, right? You, you can't necessarily use circumstance well, it's, as it's, an it's excuse. High variability. There's always some resiliency in different people and different levels of resiliency. You can look at a few factors. The question is, you know, how many of the factors deep do you go in? It's it's human psychology. Human behavior is not simple. You know, well, we also have, don't fully understand the brain, so some of those people could have actual issues. All right. Don't understand. Sure. That is fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So where else do we want to go? Um, Anything else so, that's non-spoiler? Yeah, well, I think it's oh, fair to yeah. say, so, uh, oh, by the way, a little thing. I have no idea. Like I said, I teach chemistry. One of the first things I do is have students learn 40 common elements on the periodic table. And I've, I I don't know if this is intentional or not. I Oxygen is O. Right. But I was like, okay, she was stuck on cobalt and chromium, but she got seaborgium. So, which is weird. Um, you'll just have to take my word for it that it's weird that they would know Suborgium and not the others. But we would then establish the character is interested in the people, even if Suborgium is, you know, a, a, a white European scientist. Um, 
She knew the names of all the Did she really get stuck on it, though? I thought she was just playing with a girl. And that's and that's the other possibility. Uh, that was certainly another option. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I don't think it, it was that big, that weird. I, I, because I, again, I'm, I'm I love trivia and weird things like that. And and I can you know like when I'm playing trivia, you know we'll do Alfred Hitchcock category that I, I smoked, and and then I, I would say who wrote the film, who were the stars, the year it came out, and 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 the people that I'm hanging out with are looking at me like I'm nuts. How the hell do you know that stuff? So I didn't think. Her yeah, but you wouldn't, that, but you wouldn't get that? stumped on who the lead uh, lead actor in Psycho is. Right, right. But but I have been stumped, and I forget the name of the movie. But I can give you the director. I can give you this. I can do that. So so I've had those those moments where you just have a a, a brain cramp in a sense. So it could be just the honest brain cramp that she had, and and she just forgot. You get more she, numerous as you get older too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So so it could have been a brain brain cramp because you you can know it, but you you have you have that moment where it's 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 a blank space in your head, and that and that wasn't a Taylor Swift reference, Eric. That was just yeah. So there, I got my Taylor Swift reference. Well, you still said her name, man. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, um, so yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it was it was it was funny. I, I thought that was a funny funny thing because yeah, she she should have known it. And and but again, I I could relate to that. I, I, it was funny. Um, and uh, I do think yeah. I don't think this is a spoiler, right? That. So it's a Frankenstein story. So she brings someone back to life. In this case, she's bringing her brother back to life. Yeah, it says I it really right like, in, the, in the IMDb. But yeah, yeah, I really like what they did for his his look. Oh, it was really good. Um, yeah, because for the most part, he's hidden, but he's got long dreadlocks, <laughs> and you yep. often see him with his head hanging down. So you get this to me what reads almost like this tentacled creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just thought that was a really effective way to. Take a human figure and make him somewhat more monstrous than normal, and seem particularly inhuman, uh, at least earlier in the film. And I thought mm-hmm. that book worked really, really well. Yeah, yeah, and, and they they got a, a, the guy six foot two. I, I did some research on him because, uh, and that, that was, uh, and, he, and he's pretty stocky, meaning like muscular type. So, so the the actor was really good in, in the role, and. Um, and uh, a shout out to Dan Lynch. He's, he's friends with him. Um, but yeah, the look was great. Uh, I mean, I, I think everybody here is on board that that the film is really well made film. Whether yes. or not, oh, yeah. we, we, whether yeah. or not we think the script is 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 problematic, um, and and that's still debatable. You know, that that's just we may think it, but other folks may think the script's fantastic. Well, obviously, a lot of people like it because it's got high reviews. So. Yeah, it's around eighty eighty something. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike uh, it. <laughs> what else do we want to discuss? That is non-spoiler. Anybody? Anyone? I think we should go to spoilers. Yeah. All right. Let's just throw that up, and uh, we'll talk about anything and everything related to the film at this point. So uh, the spoiler flag is up, and we can begin and talk about anything. So uh, where do we want to go? What do we want to talk I about? I want to ask about the creepy young girl. How did she just seem to be so omniscient? <laughs> Well, and that was going to be actually one of my issues with this film as well, Barrett. Um, I really liked that girl when she was sitting around giving her mom attitude. Yes. <laughs> I I love that. Those parts of the movie where she was just being like the sassy girl. Uh, but then there were other parts of the movie where they're like trying to make her be creepy and spooky. And I'm just like, what? Is she the Harbinger? What's going on here? I don't get it. Is she the Harbinger? 
Anyone think that? I mean, I don't know. I was actually thinking she was going to end up being the flower girl. Um, Ah, Oh, yeah. Right, from the original film where Frankenstein's monster befriends the little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and throws her in the river and in, in the lake rather, and 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 kills her. Yeah. I was expecting. So here's this little girl who's befriended the monster. Right. I was waiting for the monster to kill her, but he doesn't. Spoiler well, that goes in, that goes with the idea of why did he just kill everybody? I didn't understand that. So yeah, I was, goes, well, I was, I was honestly surprised well, when he killed his father. That I was too. Me. Yeah. I'll tell you why, and, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but they state it at the end. They said, she says it, our lead character says to the little girl that we're just talking about, that Chris wasn't a monster. Oh, and she actually says it to Chris himself. You're not the monster. The reason he's you're, kill, you're killing people is because people are calling you a monster. So the second they saw him as a monster, that's when he started killing them? Right, right. Because again, that makes sense. I, again, as as Frankenstein is in the, in the book, in the movies, in the past, he's off a little, right? He's 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 may have some of his essence of who he used to be. Abby normal, but right, Abby normal, exactly from young Frankenstein. So he's he's has problems. So he's going to think differently than if he wasn't coming back from the dead. So. As a individual that's back from the dead, semi-zombie, when people uh, make him feel alienated or attack him or are scared of him, never mind, uh, he will do violence upon them. Um, and and it's just just how it is. It's it's well. And there's also the fact that she's been working on him for a while, right? Yeah. And at the end of the movie, now yeah, that she's, she's got, got her technique figured out. Um, the other people who died, as she says, they're fresh. Uh, she's just able to bring them back to life, and they're they're normal, like they yeah, were. That, so many of the fact that he so was well around for however long it was had something to do with it. What was that, Mike? I said that worked really well in Pet Cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's that's more more apt how it would be. And I don't mean the demon possession, but I mean the brain is going to be partially dead. <laughs> you know, I mean that that yeah, they're not going to be the same person. But again, this is this is a, a science fiction slash. I guess you can even throw fantasy if you want it. Say that where where things like that don't matter. So, um, but I do feel it would have been better if the film ended when they were all dead and they found them all dead and and it just stopped right there because the film was already on a dark I'll, path. I agree that, with that. Yeah, it was already, yeah, but it was, I also I also understand why they may not have wanted um the end sort of like get out. I can understand why they maybe didn't want to have this film end on a bleak ending. I, yeah. I agree. I think I think the bad ending might have worked. I I really wasn't happy with the way they went with this ending. Um with everyone dying and then everyone getting to come back. Um, but, um, or presumably everyone coming back without any problems. Um, sure, sure. One of, one, of, one of the interesting problems with a Frankenstein story is that there's two Frankenstein stories. There's the movie Frankenstein story, and then there's the book Frankenstein story. Because in the movie version, or the young Frankenstein... Please don't, I actually haven't read the book. Please don't spoil it for me. 
well, I'm trying not the, to. The book, the book oh, yeah. is 300 years old. <laughs> I know. But the, the, in, the, in the movie, right, Frankenstein is given an abnormal brain or a criminal brain and becomes a monster because he has an abnormal brain. In the book, that's not the case. He, is, he becomes a monster because he's rejected by his creator and, and rejected by society because he looks like a monster. So right. this seems to be fitting more with that. Right. Um, but I will also say that she kind of rejects him, right? Yeah. When he, when he first yeah. comes back to life, she like flees and locks him in there and takes off. But she, he also hurts her. I don't think he, that was intentional, but yes. No, but I'm, I'm not sure if you, if I see a, if I bring you back from the dead, don't ask me how that happened. Um, <laughs> but if I bring you back from the dead and the first thing you do, or one of the first things you do is grab my arm and give me a severe burn. Um, you know, and you don't go, whoops, my bad. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't know that I would, I would be, um, waiting to have a conversation with you about whether it was intentional or not. So I could certainly understand her having that bad reaction. Well, well, right, right. It's, it's like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Oh, I'm, right? I'm, 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 I'm just pointing out that she rejected yeah. it. That's all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and sure. and that's yeah. and that's part of it. And you could argue, right? There's part of that theme, and I wish it was a little bit more coherent. Uh, personally, is that um, is he is the creator, you know, saying, uh, you know, that's that's a rejection of black people in society, and that's kind of what puts them in this position. And certainly, that's a huge part of it. I don't think there's, there's much question about that. But I also again don't feel that there's complete absolution of people for their behaviors in the film up until sort of you get that final ending where it's like, no, 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 you're not really a monster. You, 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 you were just seen as yeah, a monster. It's, it's, it's everybody else's fault, not your fault. Right. And I don't think that's entirely true either because again, lots of people are in that circumstance. Especially now with his particular character. He was hunting people down. Murder them. Right. <laughs> so... That makes it a harder sell at the end. Oh, big time! Yeah, I, I would concur. Um, I, I I don't I don't see how. I mean, only way I I could see it working is if she was just saying it to make him feel good before he passed away. But if she really meant it, then then yeah, that that makes no sense. And I wish it, if that was the point of the film, because it's the way they end. It feels like that was intended to be the point of the film. Then I wish they had hit that theme a little harder throughout instead of mm-hmm. taking some yeah, of the yes. tangents. Yeah, right, exactly. right, right, well, right. Well, because and, and, because yeah. the idea of death in this with the environment they live in is a very strong idea um, on right. its own. Right. Well, and also also the fact that as uh, – and again, I, I'm assuming this is uh, uh, written and directed by um, – um, a person of color, um, the, you know, the, the folks that live here feel that possibly that they have the shorthand of, of societal st- stick and they aren't able to get out, not because they they aren't good enough to do so, but they feel that maybe right. that the machine is holding them back. R- right. Whatever that, that and, that, and that line at the end of the movie is – uh, you know, when when they tell you a monster, you have you know, 
you're a monster. It's it's kind of the way the, uh, the criminal justice system is set up. If you have a criminal record, it's a lot more difficult to get a legitimate job than if you don't. So, yeah. like, you don't actually branded, pay for your if you're branded you as a criminal and you and you have trouble uh, getting a legitimate job. You might turn to crime to make money because you have to make money to buy food. So I think they're making that point. Right, right. Again, again, that that is a a, a a fair point. Though we do know there is a number of criminals that are just bad people out there, right? And and so they they do it because they're just bad people. So it 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 makes a fair point, but I, I don't know if it explains how those people in this situation differ from the actually bad people. You know, no, because who who's bad, right? I mean, we, we could probably Robert point Jackson. Well, well, well. If 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 if, if what the, the, those people say happen, you're absolutely right, Mike. But again, um, I, I, I'm 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 talking about this film here. Uh, the characters in this film, who's bad, and and you know, you know, you know, everybody everybody in the film can be raw at points, but who's really bad? And there's there's some people I could point to in this film that are actually bad people. You know, like like. Uh, I, like, I don't. Game. I don't think the drug dealer uh, or the kingpin, rather, was a hundred percent bad. He's, I agree. He's, he's bad, but not not a hundred percent bad. His crony. Yeah, that, he's guy. bad. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Once he puts this machete in his boss's shoulder, you're like, okay, yeah, he's not a good guy. <laughs> but like, there isn't every single person in the planet who's had a boss not going like. All right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, if only. <laughs> uh, right. If only I was allowed to bring a machete to work. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so um, uh, but yeah, yeah. Your your point though is fair about the justice system, where where people uh, fuck up, and and they're pretty much. Screwed They get a scarlet letter. Yeah, they don't ever get to – even if they pay for their crimes through prison, they forever are, you know, labeled. Unfortunately, they're they're thrown in with the same group of people that do terrible things that continue to do terrible things, intentionally to do terrible things. Right. You know, and that's that's the problem, right? But, Mike, you were going to say something. Well, I also say um, most people – I think it's fair to say have something of a, a lynch mob in them. There is always that desire to rush to judgment. Um, and I find, well, I don't, I absolutely do not disagree with anything that, that Eric said. And, and I agree a lot that it's this catch 22. I find that a lot of people's sympathy for who the criminals are, yeah, yeah, you know, who are in that absolutely. situation is often very context dependent. And I'm not talking like you're, you know, serial killer. I'm not talking about just the severity of of the crime. Like, obviously, we're going to have less sympathy for a pedophile and a serial killer than somebody <laughs> who robbed a convenience store. Right. But right. You know, but if you do the convenience store continuously, is, is right. this a, a path of sociopath or, or, or is it unfortunate things that they're doing to survive? But continue. Right. And you, you will see people one minute talking about um, due process and justice 
and fairness and society and doesn't have a chance and and then they'll go burn down Freddy Krueger. And then and then right and then the next moment when when the script is flipped when it's someone that they don't like, someone they don't agree with or someone they don't identify with, it's I want to rush to judgment. How can you possibly try to defend this person? Uh, you know, and and I think and I, and I think if you, you're fair, I think if you're honest, you see this happen in both directions politically, right? Depending on no matter what side of the political aisle or pers- perspective you have, no matter what side of the race aisle you're on, um, you see this a lot, and it should always be, you know, the innocent until proven guilty. There's a reason why it took centuries, millennia for all these laws to, and, and rules to come into place. And no, they suck. They're not always perfect, but man, they're so much better than rush to judgment. Yeah, that's fair. But anyway, it's uh, my point being that it's, it's really tough. And because, you know, there are people who are just assholes. How do you get to be an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. I'm an asshole. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, right, you know, right. we saw the, the movie the other week, right? It was all Barrett. Barrett was a dick. Yes, exactly. The biggest <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, but no, but you, you have a fair point. There's, there's a lot of assholes, and, and it, it is a fair question also to ask why are they assholes. But again, uh, unless, unless there's, there's something, you know, there's something wrong with them, uh, they're one of the clusters, they, they, the question is, then they're, they're, they're still – I don't know. It's, it's just like some people are just bad and will do bad things. And and the the, the, the problem, which Eric pointed out, is wh- to find through the justice system which are those people and which are the ones that just screwed up. Right. And I also think it's fair to say people like we are – I've long said people are a storytelling species – we like stories. We comfort. We, we tell ourselves stories to explain the world. And sometimes we have a story, and we want to stick to the story that we believe in, even if they don't really fit the facts of that particular case. Um, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. You know, yeah. you want to tell yourself the story about, you know, there's just bad people in the world, and bad people got to be punished, and you know, you, you miss the context of. You know why the person did the bad thing, and if you want to believe that it's just a system out to get people, it's only a system to make people bad, then that's the story you're going to see. Yep, and the reality is, most people are way more complex. Most stories are way more complex than any single narrative is ever going to touch. Right, right. Even though the mob would say otherwise. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, any further things on that, or, or do we want to talk about some? Other, what other things that we want to talk about uh, in the film? Since we're in spoiler territory, we can talk about anything and everything. Um, I <laughs> I've never taken a machete to the shoulder, <laughs> but I don't know if I'd be running around like that if I did. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, well, a bit of a, bit it of a didn't Prometheus look like it moment. Went down to his yeah, heart. yeah, yeah. This is a Prometheus moment a little bit. It, well, it didn't look like it went down to his heart, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'd be unconscious. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd at least be screaming for a long time. I mean, it's not the worst transgression I've ever seen in the movie, but I just thought I'd mention it. Yeah, I think scream yeah. does it worse. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, well, well, well depends you. on which scream you're talking about. The original was fairly solid which one are you talking about Barrett? 
I think they all have a little bit more stabbing and people still doing stuff than it should. Oh yeah, all right, that's that's fair. That's, that, that's, that, that's fair. That's fair. But but then again, you know, the original point of the original scream was was a wink and a nod to other mm-hmm. slashers. So right, know, that, right. No, I know that, but I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I, I I was thinking the same thing, Eric, about the machete. It's like, oh my god, he's dead, and, and, he, and he's walking around. And it's like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It's it's like in the in the western when someone gets hit over the head with a thick uh, whiskey bottle and and their skull isn't cracked they're just unconscious for <laughs> you know I have a funny story about this too because when I I went to a writing class once and the um, teacher read one of the things I wrote and I had a sword getting caught in someone's spine he was oh, like I I worked as a butcher once it would have it would slice right through that a sharpened sword that yeah. bone would be nothing to it. So I'm yeah. thinking about that machete. Maybe it wasn't really sharp, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was intimidating as hell, though. <laughs> I'll give that to the dude who's carrying it around. He he knew what he was doing. He like he scared the shit out of people with that thing. Yeah, yeah. he was badass. Oh yeah, yeah. When he did that, I was like, no way. It's like, <laughs> wow, that, that, yeah, that was that was pretty pretty. Uh, Shocking, I would say. Um, one one shot I just wanted to mention in particular was the shot when the um, the boy gets caught in the crossfire and they're trying to revive him. Um, I thought that was a, a brilliant piece of directing and camera work in that scene. Oh, and yeah, he gets the smile. zooming in on the kid's eye as they're trying to shock him back to life. That was Pretty impressive. Yeah, and then he gives the smile as he's looking over at at our main character, and uh-huh. then and then he dies, and his mm-hmm. eyes just go dead. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty pretty cool, and, and that that's something that that you don't see every day. So something like that would affect a young girl as well, you know, mm-hmm. to, see, to see someone like that it being trying to be resuscitated and then dying right in front of them. It's, it's like yeah, it's she's just, already obsessed with death. So right. yeah, yeah. focus her even more on that. Yeah, it's a little unhealthy. Yeah, so just a little, just a little. <laughs> She's the bodice snatcher. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, when she ran out there, I thought that's why she was running out there. She's like, "Ooh, dead body." <laughs> I thought too. <laughs> and maybe she was, and then she saw it was the kid she knew. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a interesting scene because it, it definitely um, set the the environment that she lived in, and and I felt it built that environment better um, because at the beginning, even even though we learn right away that her brother and, and mother passed away and whatever, when she's walking around with her her the little girl and talking about uh, the, the the elements. You know, it, it, it kind of was was uh, a poltergeistian neighborhood where everybody's happy and, and stuff before the shit hits the fan. Um, and this brings brings out, you know what? There, there's actually things that are gonna sh- shit's gonna hit the fan uh, pretty soon, and and um, it's definitely not um, the good environment that we saw at the at the beginning. Let's just put it that way. Um, Oh, even at the beginning, you see the drug dealers walking around, passing off stuff. So, that is I mean, true. they they give a they give a really good sense of place in this movie. 
Well, and, and that's what's interesting about life in general, right? You know, when people talk, you know, I, I go to church and once in a while they, they, they talk about the good and the bad and, and, and that's happening at the same time. So, you know, you have the birds and the green plant, uh, trees and, and the flowers and the bees. And then over over on the other side, there's an animal being ripped apart uh, by a cat. And, and it's like <laughs> so, so it, there's good and bad and, and – this neighborhood, though it's, it's it has a lot more bad than than probably the, the neighborhood I grew up in, and, and most likely the the rest of you folk as well. Um, it still had had the the green trees and the bumblebees and stuff too, and and I think it was trying to the director slash screenwriter was trying to at least show that it's not all bleak, even though the film right. slowly and slowly becomes bleak further and further. Uh, but it does leave the shadow that it is bleak because, again, it, it does say right away both her mother and and brother have, have been murdered. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right. So where do we want to go next? What else do we want to talk about? There's, there could be a lot of other stuff that uh, was in the film that uh, someone wants to bring up. Anyone? I enjoyed the um, the classroom scene. Yeah, let's talk about See, that. I, I, I got a good write-up on that one, too. Um, I, I particularly enjoyed the line where she says, well, if you're going to call me whatever you want, I'll just call you Miss Bitch. <laughs> that. that was awesome. Yeah, it, I, I, it depends on your de- – on, on, I don't know. I, I, um, I, I felt it was it was unfortunate, that whole scene. Um so this is what I wrote about it. The teacher see. handled it wrong from the start. Yeah. Well, all right. I I don't know, Mike. That's 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 the question. This is what I got here. This is what I wrote, and and you can prove me wrong if I'm. And, and maybe maybe I didn't even make a point. I'm just saying what I observed. But this is what I wrote. Uh, the incident in the classroom. Uh, of the quote-unquote white school because that was brought up earlier in the film between her and the girl uh, after they talked about the elements uh, was in always pointing back to the, the thing I immediately saw from the conversation with her neighbor. Uh, she shows w- way too much signs of narcissism, meaning the, our lead character. Her comments to the teacher could be interpreted to be intentionally smart-ass and triggering and not for any other reason. The teacher was in many ways trying to de-escalate the situation, but the lead character continued to intentionally be argumentative and push buttons. Personally, in my opinion, if I was that teacher, when the girl started talking about how cancer is only a symptom and not a disease – and then came right out and specifically talked about leukemia, I would have personally told her to fuck off and get the hell out of the, the room because, for me, my brother died of leukemia and my, my mother died of cancer and my sister has cancer and is dying of cancer. Cancer is a fucking disease. So that pissed me off. So I would have been furious. Yeah, cancer is a whole host of different diseases. You're damn but, right. It's, and, they, and every one of them for my but, family is a different She's not necessarily wrong in her statement either. It is a part, it's a symptom it, of death. It, well, every, everything, just, it just, oh. just living is a symptom of death if you want to say that. Right. But, and but, but, she but, wasn't I, necessarily wrong. But I had a, a smart ass and put point pushing buttons on purpose. And for people who've lost no, people no, from Phil, cancer, Phil, it's fucking Phil, rude. Yeah, no, go ahead. Phil. Yes, it is. She didn't say it wasn't real. Right. She, has a, she had a philosophy that in this film, in reality, I thought was a ridiculous philosophy. But in this film, it's a philosophy that led her to bringing somebody back from the dead. In fact, by the end of the film, many people back from the dead. 
So in this film story, she's not entirely wrong. I think it's a weird metaphor. I think it was a weird thesis. But if you listen to what she's saying, she's not saying anything in any way, shape, or form remotely disrespectful to anyone that has had to deal with cancer. She's just talking about I think she of... has. No, I, she isn't. She's looking I, at it, people she, she's can looking take at it, from it from and interpret it as insulting. She was, she, was not, she was trying to have a discussion with her teacher who should be open enough to, to have discussions. And her teacher was totally disrespectful, saying her name wrong. She had no respect uh, for her student. That, uh, well, all right, all right. That, let's go with that part. You just, that's a good point because that was my next thing. Also, when the teacher mispronounced her name and the girl took it as a microaggression, at that point, the girl had already pushed enough buttons, was being deliberately quarrelsome, and had already, for me, pissed me off with her discussion about cancer and leukemia. So the teacher stated she would simply call her Vicky since it was easier. That was also, disrespectful. Also, when the teacher mispronounced slightly the detention teacher's name, that can be considered a, a non-microaggression. Or, uh, Why are you talking state. about microaggressions? Stop talking like that. It wasn't malice by her mis calling the girl slightly wrong. and she It was malice when she said Vicky. If I I don't know you could be right. What? I, I, it's a it's but. different. And the fact is that she's had this girl in her class. This is not September first. Right. She's had the girl in her class, and she hasn't gotten to learn her name yet. We we, we don't know how and long. It doesn't care to well, learn it. We don't we don't know it's what. It's not what, September first. Right, but we don't know if it's September twelfth either. We don't know anything. It, it, the, the leaves are still on the tree, and there's no there's no. Uh, there's, still, there's, still, there's still better ways to handle it than the way she did. She's the adult, Not as the father point. tells her later on. I, I would concur with that, Brad. That's a good point. The adult should have a cooler head, but but this 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 girl, in my opinion, was way out of line. That's just my opinion. Okay. It, it, I, again, that's my opinion, Mike. She, the teacher was pushing her. She pushed back. She shouldn't have because the problem with any student in that position, a student has no power. Right. Um, you're not going to win. But she had an idea. She had a thought. She had a philosophy. And is just telling, saying to re-examine cancer from a different perspective. That was it. That's what she was saying. She didn't have the experience to word it that way. If that woman um, was a good teacher, she could have used it as a teaching moment rather than an, a hostile moment. Right. The same as I, again, said exactly what I said to you just now, and I've said to my students many times, is that there's no single thing called cancer. There's a whole bunch of things that we lump together under the category right. because we, they end we, up having similar symptoms. I think we all know that, but go on. But no, actually, a lot of people don't because you can okay. hear well, 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 everybody, everybody on this cancer. podcast, the four of us don't know that, but go on. Well, but not everybody, there's other people hopefully listening. Okay, fair enough. That's, that's a good point. Mike. Go on. All right. And you listen to the argument rather than somebody saying, how dare you say cancer is not a disease? My daddy died of lung cancer, and da da da. No, you listen. My mother died of lung cancer, and she never smoked. You're damn right; it's a fucking disease. But anyway, continue, Mike. So again, you're you're, you're jumping and you're being you're personalizing it, right? You're taking things uh, you're taking things personal that are not personal. Yeah, they're not. And this girl took it personal when when there was a, a her name was mispronounced. So after the whole event that she's already experienced, you have to take everything in context. It wasn't like that was that was the tip of the iceberg. That wasn't the iceberg. 
right. Well, this is what I wrote about something here. So, okay, here we go. Um, you can you can take certain things. All right, here it is. Uh, could, uh, here we go. Here it is. Uh, also, this is partly the reason I don't have it right up is because it's also part about the the, the father. Uh, teacher conference as well, but I'll, I'll read it anyway because I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Uh, also, the teacher asking about the last name of the father and where he is from. This has been recently a new phenomenon considered a microaggression. I personally, I've been asked this dozens of times myself because of my last name and, and my own complexion. Uh, you know, they asked me if I'm from Argentina because of Eva Peron and all that other crap. Um, so my last name alone is. And my complexion and appearance have had folks curious about my heritage, quote-unquote heritage. Could I have taken it as offensive and a microaggressive or simply feeling it was folks curious about who I am and about me? I believe that depends on the type of human being you are or me and how you want to view others. It's, it could be argued it's more a personal character trait of the person that it that is asked it and how they – are offended or not, and their reaction than the folks that ask the question in the first place. So, yeah, go on, Mike. I, I think it's ignoring everything that's led up to that exchange in the first place. Right. Yeah. Is that, first of all, you're talking about a black family with a German name, and I don't think you have to be particularly well educated to understand where a whole lot of black families in this country have gotten their names from. Sure. So it was a dumb remark, and it was showing the, the, the teacher being completely out of touch with the, the students and community she's dealing with. Well, you can argue that her community, because, again, they talk about how this is a white, white school, and where I grew up in greater Boston – um, inner city people of color were able to go to schools in the suburbs that were not their community in a sense, meaning it was white, white wealthy, uh, liberal white towns. And so they obviously um, came – had to be bussed in 10, 15 miles or whatever. And so this teacher, you're right. She she, uh, she probably does know her community, as you stated, Mike, but she doesn't know this girl's background or this girl's community because, again, as stated at the beginning of this film, it appears that she's been bussed in to this school in a suburb that's not near her, her own uh, neighborhood. So we could argue the teacher is ignorant or she just doesn't know – because again, she just she, her community is is that town where she's teaching in the school that she's teaching, not knowing that this girl comes from a different community that may be completely different than where where she's teaching. You, you see what I'm saying? It shouldn't, it, it shouldn't matter to her. She's a teacher. She's given students to teach. She's not right, right. Part of the, the decision of who goes where. Exactly. I'm not disagreeing. So for her to ask that question, should people be insulted or should they just – Given the exchange that she, they, they just had, yep. I, I think it was bad timing. It was not right, the that, time to bring that up. 
Okay, but that was the icebreaker. She was, trying, she was trying to use that as the icebreaker. But no, she, no, it was, it no she was not using it as an icebreaker. He was leaving. No, 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 no. That's when he answered the question. I swore, she asked the question at the very beginning. Of she the did. Interview. She asked at the very beginning. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. So that was her icebreaker. And obviously but the, he, he immediately just ignored it and, and just wanted to focus on. Because he knew how rude it was because she, it's just a stupid question. Well, and, and you're right. You're right. I could have took when people ask me that question all the time, including people at work and we work at the same place, I could take it and be pissed too or i could just say you know what they're just curious well, how many people in your it. family got their name because they were a slave and yeah. it was owned by somebody or because their ancestors were enslaved and they got the name of the person who owned them people, people don't know my background people don't people don't know my background no more than they they know she knew his background <laughs> i don't know why she even needed to ask she doesn't need to know their familial background I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not because, I, I, like I said, I've been asked it hundreds of times, including just a, a two months ago. But I get asked it. It's I have a weird last name. It's just one of those things. People ask questions because they're curious. Right. That's but my she, point. She was not. She was not being nice. That's why she wanted to kick the girl out of the school. She was coming from a place oh, I, of I, I don't, not I don't think nice. She, she says that oh, she yeah, should probably true. go to a different school. And he's yeah, like, no, you're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fair point. That, yeah, during the conference, you're absolutely right. She did say that. Yeah. So the, the father did have a right to be defensive at that point. You're absolutely right, Barry. Because his daughter's very smart. He doesn't want her moved out of that school. Smarter than yeah. her teacher, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, of course. She, she can bring back the dead. Right. <laughs> but it was an interesting scene. It was It was a scene... To make some points, and and I think it did. I think it made a point. I don't know what that point was. Again, it, it can be it can be interpreted many different ways, but but it definitely was a uh, a uh, a big scene in the film. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, where else do we want to go? Anything else that we wanted to discuss? I think everybody's afraid to say anything because they're afraid you're going to shut them down. Me? Why? Why was? How do you know I was shutting down? What do you, you mean? You were just <laughs> yelling into your mic a few minutes ago. Oh, I, I was I was yelling about the the character in the cancer stuff. Yeah, but I, I don't think I was yelling at anybody. Okay. I, I don't know. Was I was I specifically? It sounded like you that? were. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, it, was just, it was just irate. Yeah, but I wasn't irate with with Mike or Barrett or or you, Eric. I, I was okay. I was, well, that's good to know. <laughs> oh, I thought it was clear. I thought I thought I was, I was specifically discussing the 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 characters in the film and and it the sounds reaction. from here like you were getting awfully upset with Mike. But if you oh no to... no I didn't. Oh. Oh, oh, Mike! Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, don't, don't think that, Mike. That, no, that's not. It, it, because I, I understand exactly what you're saying and how uh, it, it depends on on how someone would would their own. Yeah, it, we, we get that. Yeah, all right, fair enough. I don't, I don't have to continue with it, but yeah, I was not yelling at Mike intentionally. If if he thought that. Um. 
Let's just say cancer is, is not a good thing in my family. Uh, <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Um, oh, I see where you said you think I was yelling at Mike. Yeah, right, right. The lung cancer point. Yeah, that, that was the one. But I wasn't intentionally yelling at Mike. I was I was pointing it out. That's but okay. right. it, it could be inter- Mike could have. We, took we got that you feel very strongly about that subject. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, all right, so, um, let's see, where, where else do we want to go? Um, the, I, 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 so, what, what, let's talk about the police scenes. There was two of them. There's one where the, um, what appears to be a police, which I, I have no idea because they, they don't, it's only through the door, is a- asking questions for, uh, for the family. And then there's the scene where they arrest the Frankenstein Chris. And what happens there? What did anybody? What did people think of that? I, I honestly have no thoughts on either of those. I didn't write anything about either of them, so there's there's no prepared uh, statement. Um, well, the the scene where they were they were uh, looking for somebody, um, I thought that was just meant to make the point that in that neighborhood the police aren't really looked upon with admiration. <laughs> Um, and his first reaction was to make sure they did not enter without a warrant, uh, rather than trying to help them. Right. That's what I got to. Yeah. Yeah. You, you are, you're dealing with a community that is more or less living under, uh, the, the watchful gaze of a drug dealer and you don't want to be seen doing anything that might be seen as helping, uh, helping, helping, uh, his, his adversaries. Um, even if right. they weren't necessarily investigating something that had to do with his activities. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we've seen that in, in so many things, whether it's um, mob films or, or uh, gang films or, or, in this case, um, local drug dealer film, um, that folks are, are scared to talk uh, for retribution by uh, the criminals. Um, now there, there could have been more stated here too, as, as, um, I'm sure everybody has seen in the news, the, um, the, the police in, in, in neighborhoods of, of uh, people of color, uh, may look at the police as, as also the problem, never mind the drug dealer. So, um, that, that could be part of the case as well too, um. And 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 that could be arguably as as a fair point too, since since um, uh, folks, I mean I mean the be, the best study I I heard recently, and it's so true, is if you have a police person behind you when you're driving, there is an eighty percent chance you may be pulled over, and it's just because he's behind you. So the first time you see a cop behind you is to always turn into a parking lot or take a right and just get get the hell away from them. You don't want them ever behind you. And so if a cop's knocking on your door or asking you questions or walking around the neighborhood, it, and especially in this type of neighborhood where where you do have, as you mentioned, Mike, um, a, a criminal element that, that has its thumb on the neighborhood, never mind the cops possibly being the quote-unquote bad guys too, at least in this neighborhood, uh, it makes sense that that they wouldn't want to talk uh, to the police at all. I don't uh, want to talk to them in any neighborhood. 
Yeah, that's that's how I am. I have no no problem with them. I just don't want to have to get in trouble. Right, right, right. For any reason. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I've had FBI come to the, my door to uh, ask questions about someone that's being hired by a defense company, and they have to do the background checks and all that crap. And and I want, I just want to answer. Is that the story they gave you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, well, they may, I don't even, yeah, they may have been FBI. I don't know. It was maybe the Department of Defense. It was somebody, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's like whatever. Yeah, it's usually the FBI they send out. Yeah, yeah. So I ain't gonna answer answer those questions, but well, unless the, the person tells me to answer. Like, like my one of my neighbors, uh, he was working for Raytheon, and, and he asked, you know, Phil, I'm getting a, a, a clearance, and uh, you may have someone I use you as a reference. I said, yeah, sure, I'll answer for him. So, so when that FBI agent came, I, I, I told him what it, what they wanted. But, but yeah, if if, it, if I'm not notified in advance, I won't have nothing to do with those people. Not the federal government, anyway. What the hell with those people. Um, most of my local cops, uh, they're, they're pretty, pretty decent, pretty decent. But I think most in any positions like that are just decent people that are trying to work. Their job. I mean, that depends on the who and the where. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're definitely rotten apples. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. Yeah. Well, I think you just have a problem that anytime you give somebody with power, Every time you give somebody power, there's always the temptation to to use it and abuse it. Um, well, and, and honestly, there there are two types of people that seek that power: the type that want to help and the type that want to abuse that power. Yep, that's true. And, and and I'll be fair. There's always the third part, which do it because it's a job. <laughs> but you know, it's like yeah, law enforcement is a highly specialized area of work that would be yeah. weird to just take as a job. That is true. That is true. That is true. But yeah, I, I've heard the same thing. What you said, Eric, which is, uh, it's either one or the other, and and um, and that's that's I think I think spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, you were going to say something about that? Because I swear you were, you were talking about that. About yeah, uh, um, I think it's interesting though. If you also look. Within a black community, I'm going to guess uh, you have a very complicated relationship with law enforcement because, yeah, like, well, let me rephrase that. Within a black community with a that's also a high crime area because on the one hand, you do have, I, I think, has, has been highly publicized, uh, some bad relations between police and uh, minority communities. On the other hand, it's a lot of minority communities are the ones that are demanding a greater police presence because they're living in a high crime area. Um so there's sort of a, a uh, an interesting relationship with that, um, because a lot of times that's that's you know it's not everybody in a high crime area is a criminal. You don't need a lot of criminals to be in a high crime area, uh, no that's matter true. what group. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah, we all know that statistically, uh, that a young black man is more likely to uh, engage in criminal behavior in terms of historically in the United States. But it's still a very, very small minority of young black men that engage in criminal behavior. Yeah, yeah the same thing yeah, happens. So the same thing is true of anybody in that community. Is most of them are not criminals. They just don't want to be on the wrong side of the criminals. They're not necessarily supporting and worshiping and idolizing their criminals. Yep. 
but they also don't want to be seen as criminals because of the color of their skin. You know, when you saw, um, you've certainly seen people of color, I think after the, the George Floyd incident, you know, who came out, who had, I, I think we're fairly, uh, you know, we're talking about someone with a sketchy background, you know, and or, or just known people like out, like I mentioned, Al Guy, who say, yeah, I've been pulled over and I, and I feel like I've been pulled over because I was black. Um, I can certainly tell you there were times I felt like when I was a, a young man, I got pulled over for no particular reason other than I was a young yeah, man yeah. driving around late at night, and that made me. Yep. Yep. I, for sure. yep. I actually got yep. pulled over once, and the cop told me he pulled me over for no reason. Jeez. I, I, <laughs> I, I was very confused as to why I was getting pulled over, and and I asked him. He like took my license and registration, went back to his his squad car, came back, and said, "Okay, I was just doing a, a random check. We're allowed to do that now." So I just, uh, I just stopped you because you were there. <laughs> I was like, "That sucks." Well, hey. I'm not sure if I'm cool with that, but I'm going to go on my way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the main difference is that, like, when I was 17 and I was walking around in a store. And I would see security following me because they thought I might have been shoplifting something. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I I knew one day I would no longer be 17. And right. I was no longer going to be followed in that store. And that's very different, I think, than, than a lot of people feel when, when they're black because they're not going to outgrow being black. That's true. Yeah. Yep, that's true. A valid point right there, yeah. Yep. Well, and, and that comes down to... Uh, uh, what, what's that thing that Bloomberg and and all those uh, when they they pull over uh, racial profiling? That's it. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So that that would be considered racial profiling, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, to some degree, it's it's there, there's truth, right? So if you go back a hundred years, um, my family was you know is I have an Irish and Italian background, and if, you try telling someone who was white back then that I was white because, or my family was white, right. they would see some mix and some dagos and they would say they're not, they're not, they're not proper white people. You right. know, that's you had swarthy people and you had fucking Irish. That's me, that's me swarthy. Right. Yeah. And, and they're, they're not white people, but it's way easier for my people to have gotten accepted into the white grouping. Right. Uh, than if you were black because of obvious sure. differences. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and even nowadays, uh, some like uh, I remember, you know, thirty years ago when I grew up, uh, um, yeah, those ethnic differences were were, were huge uh, at the time. Uh, you know, Jewish folk and um, uh, Portuguese folk and um, Latino folk, and, and now, you know, thirty years later, they just just thrown in with the white folk, you know, because like you said, I guess it's easier now, or, or things have changed, or. Uh, uh, different heritages re- married, and, and now they're all mixed and whatnot. Well, there's that, and there's there's oh, well, mixed marriages are are, are exploding, well, uh, and and it's just and the, the number of wasps that are out there are far less than there used to be in sure, terms sure. of in terms of what they control, in terms of positions of power. The 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 days of the you know Thurston Howell the thirds running everything is kind of. Well, Gagas Island's reference out of nowhere. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we you know we go to Mystic Pizza uh, for for our meetup, uh, the Dark Session Podcast meetup, and and that movie was about 
the wrong type of white people, which were the the Portuguese, that were 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 treated like shit in that movie, and and the wasps, and and then the relationship of the Portuguese people uh, dating the wasps, and 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 how people were poo pooing them, and all those. Gangs of New York, man. Yeah, that, that's even further back. <laughs> that, right, right. At, at least that was a hundred or two hundred years ago, right? Versus, you know, uh, Mystic Pizza, which is like thirty years ago, um, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that, that's I don't even know how many of my students would even know what a wasp is. Right. Well, it's yeah. a stinging in- insect. Duh. Yeah, the story that used to always get I used to get a kick out of was the the old the. The something the old man I think it was what it's called but it's a Lovecraft story and it's a really short one and and there's these three guys that r- try to rob this guy's house and they just oh, disappear yeah. they just disappear and the funny <laughs> thing is is that Lovecraft specifically points out that one's Polish one's Italian and one's Portuguese <laughs> yes, well, he does. <laughs> well, the other guy, the old man, is a wasp, and and so no one cared that that the three guys disappeared because <laughs> because they weren't the right type of white people. It was like, oh my god, it's hilarious. Nineteen twenty something that story. I I just got the laugh out of it because you just laugh at it. Um, but uh, yeah, that that's that's a fair point, Mike. Um, and and black folk just yeah that they, they can't. Can't, they're, they're, you've always said this, Mike, throughout the podcast that the people of color, specifically the African American community, um, cannot uh, just blend in like a Jewish folk or, or a, a Cuban American, for example, because of their their complexion, right? Right. You've always said that, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so, so the, yeah. So, if there's a racial profile, you know, in fairness, there, there were there were always. Uh white people who could pass, right? Um, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. So, there, yeah, there, there have always been people with, a, with a, uh, especially if you have a mixed background, right, where you could, you know, going back to what is it like the, you know, the one drop rule, right? If you have one drop of black blood, you're black. But, you know, if it's not that black, you know, you can, if you saw your hair the right way and you don't have uh, distinguishing uh, facial features and and you have a light skin tone that maybe you can pass as white and a lot of people did that. Right, right. And there's and there'll be a lot of people if you speak with members of the black community they'll talk about the fact that you know like with among actors that um, light skinned blacks have an easier time uh, than often than than dark skinned blacks. You know that you know your Jada Pinkett's are going to be treated a little differently than your Yafikotos. So uh, I guess we can wrap it up. Uh, anything else anybody had on their list that they wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about? Well, I think we, I mean, we, we mentioned early on is that at the end of the film, uh, he kills everybody and they bring him back. And I think we, we did, did we all go around and say, or it's, it's that it seems a little bullshitty that they're bringing everybody back at the end. Or is it just that well, you really, they don't like, bring everybody back? They imply they're going to bring everybody back. Yeah, yeah they show they, imply it. they show one folk being brought back, and then she implies that she's going to bring all the rest of them back. Well, they, depending on how you look at it, they bring back one or two. Uh, right, yeah, right, right. And, and, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I don't know how that works because you know, like if someone has their neck snapped in half. Well, I don't think the, the answer to that question, Phil, is that it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I'll say, you know, something I, I, I meant to say and I never I didn't get around to it is that one other thing I'll say about this film is that uh, this felt to me a lot like a, an allegory. You know, I talked about um, uh, that in, in the cobweb, that it felt kind of like a fairy tale. And I wouldn't say a fairy tale here, but like we never find out exactly where they are. Like, you know, Candyman is set in Cabrini Green in Chicago. Um, right, right, right. This is set in a similar type of environment, but we're never given a name. We're never given a place. You know, it honestly could have been a small city. You know, I mean, yeah, well, it could have. I mean, I mean it, it, it may not even be in a, a huge city like Chicago. You know, so yeah, but but it is a city, whether it's a small city or not, right? Right. But so there was there, so there was a little bit of some of this, like the the logic. I was a little bit willing to. Uh, suspend because it didn't feel like it was trying to be real. It was meant to be a little bit on the surreal, a little bit um, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a of a again an allegory, a little bit of a fairy tale, um, as opposed to something that's a, you know that was completely grounded in reality. What was was she able? Was did she successfully bring back the, the pregnant mother? Or yeah, was, it was like getting the baby from the way it sounded. Yeah. I mean, that opens up the door to the sequel. Right, right. Yeah, hey, I just saw Barrett. He, he had his camera on for a second. You had your camera on for a second, Barrett. It was good to see you in person. Oh, there you are again. I see. Yeah, we yeah, hacked into your machine. We can see you now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's doing that. Uh, Skype is doing funny things tonight. <laughs> Skype yeah. apparently is doing funny things tonight. Um, Crap, so I should yeah. probably put some pants on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad I was wearing a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a story about that. After I'll tell, I don't want to bring it up to embarrass anybody. Um, but uh, yeah, so so it appears that it, she was successful to bring back the mother that was pregnant, and it's a, a, her, her assumption, based off a, a educated guess, is that if the person in, in, is not dead for long she can bring him back right uh, and assuming and yeah right fresh she kept on saying the word fresh and 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 i think i wonder if that was intentional to make her sound like she is a little off as a person because she's looking at people and bodies as in, in a way well, that, that i think it was meant to show that she figured it out yeah yeah okay yeah. I, I, it's just it was weird saying fresh instead of a uh, recently passed. Which well, my problem with the, with the fresh thing is that it, it it really was just the whole inner monologue from the end of uh, Pet Cemetery. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, right. And I was like, did did they not see that, or is this? Are they? Did they not care? Do they think that we won't notice? I don't know. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, so maybe maybe that was implying that you know, you, you just don't want to bring anybody back from the dead because they're gonna be off a little bit some way. Yeah, I think she was fine. Yeah, she seemed fine, the the, the mother. Yeah. I honestly think the end of the movie was meant to show us that she figured it out and now she knows how to bring back the dead. Yep. Right. What a fucking horrible idea that is. <laughs> I agree personally. 
Well, I, I assume we can say that she's doing it that from people that have had untimely deaths, not of natural causes, and just passed away. In other words, they, were, they died before the assumption. Well, honestly, everybody in this film that dies, whether they're good people or not, died before their their rightful time. Meaning, meaning, old age didn't get them. They died because well, of and, murders and stuff. And if you think about it, her methodology really isn't undiscovered. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sometimes if somebody has only been dead for a little time, you can bring them back with the paddles, right? <laughs> Same idea. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. extended it well, into a lot more electricity. Oh, and we showed yeah, we showed we showed it. They showed it in this film too, right? With the kid on mm-hmm. the street. Yeah, right. Go on, Mike. Again, that's not actually how any of that works. Oh, the electricity Who doesn't cares? bring it back. The electricity stops your heart. Explain, Mike. But the defibrillators aren't there to give you a jump start. They're there. You you got cells beating out of rhythm, and it's sort of like if somebody's playing yeah, out of yeah, rhythm with an orchestra, you you, the, you stop and have to start over again to get everybody on the same page. The whole point of the the defibrillator is that your your cells and your heart have gone into fibrillation; they're beating out of sync, and you shock them to get them all to it's like knock it off, stop. They, right. they should okay. make that that's clear. Exactly what they do because they don't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what they do for me when I have AFib. They shock it out. They Stop right. it and start my heart again. And then and then that's where you get like the, the whole thing to uh the remake of Evil Dead, right? Where they do that to bring the character back to life. <laughs> so so Barrett, why not just carry around a taser and take care of it yourself? Oh man, I wish it was that simple. <laughs> so 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 uh if your heart stops, the defibrillator won't do anything for you, Mike, is what you're saying? The movies lie to me? Yeah. Yes, the movies led to you. Yeah, you're yeah. You, you, you're not a car battery. Interesting. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. How about that? Well, oh, God damn it! Apparently, not everything you see in a movie is true. Who right. knew? I always I always thought the guy that got hit with the whiskey bottle, it, it would just be unconscious. <laughs> I was gonna say, in fairness, should at least be like unconscious. Seventeen-year-old girl. Uh, she may have gotten wrong what was happening, but it could still have given her inspiration to figure out the right way to bring people back. Right. I think she's younger than 17, though, because she doesn't have a license. And she doesn't talk about wanting to get a license because everybody at 17 that doesn't have a license wants to talk about, uh, I need to get my license. I didn't get a license until I was 20. Okay. Yeah, so my family. They not, have, kids today, it, it's not as big a deal, especially if you're living in an urban environment where you're not going to be driving a car. Yeah, all right, that's fair. That's fair. See, with my parents, uh, living in a smaller town, they, they wanted all of us to have a license so that we could just drive ourselves everywhere, be independent, and such. So, I guess yeah, like you said, if you live in an urban, you can just grab, you know, jump on the the bus or the subway or something. Or, or the Uber. T. Yeah, we call it the T in Boston. The T. <laughs> As as far as, as as public transportation goes, I gotta say the T kind of rocks. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, when I was in New York City, I said, uh, "Where's the T?" They didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I mean, the subway. Where's the subway? Oh, it's over they only, there. Yeah, they only they only call it the T in Boston. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I thought they got dumped in the in the harbor. Different T. Yeah, that happened in Boston too. 
Yeah, kids today are far more interested in either their next phone or their first tattoo than their first car. Or piercing too, Mike. Piercing. Or piercings. A lot yeah. of them get piercings. They, they they get the piercings younger. Like yeah. it's funny because you know they can't get a, you know, or they can't get their own tattoos, but they can get all the piercings they seem to. Um, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. And, you know, and I certainly know people. And look, this is me, and you can tell me I'm an asshole. Uh, well, we are an asshole. But like when I've that's seen, like, I know, information. Like, like relatives who have gotten like their baby girl's ears pierced. It's like you, you know, whether she wants it or not, she's getting your ears pierced. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, a lot of times they just do it so it's done at that point. But but. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's really a bad thing, but yeah, if the kid is older and they don't want to have it, that's that's fine too. But but a lot of yeah, a lot of people get their babies, uh, not babies, but infants, like two, one or two years old to past, and I've seen that often. Uh, we didn't do that, but but I've seen that often. And basically, my wife didn't want to do it that early because uh, she didn't want to have to deal with cleaning uh, other ears and all that stuff. But um, but I, I've seen that, yeah. Mike. All right, let's wrap this up, shall we? Yeah, now, now we're talking about piercings, which have nothing to do with this film, so that's a good point here. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, I think that's over two much hours. It. Yeah, yeah, yep, just hit two hour mark, pretty much. All right, so uh, I guess we we don't have time for uh, what we've been watching, which is fine. Uh, this film obviously had a lot to discuss. Um, I, I uh, believe uh, it had a lot of things to talk about. Uh, Devil's Advocate stuff or legitimate stuff or all sorts of stuff. But either way, uh, we can get into our final thoughts on this. But first, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascancy Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find it wherever you get podcasts. And Mike, uh, there's a part, there's the, the Tom Cruise podcast. What's that all about? Uh, that's the Cinema a la Carte podcast uh, where we talk about any movie that is not necessarily a dark discussion type film. Uh, and uh, we take turns picking movies, and we pick things uh, such as Tom Cruise movies like uh, Jack Reacher and Collateral, uh, but we also pick silly things like um, Inside Out or Flash Gordon, uh, among others. And uh, so we do actually have another Tom Cruise Tom Cruise movie uh, on tap, and it may even be a silly Tom Cruise movie. So that's going to be the next one coming out. We just released uh, uh, last year's Oscar winner. We discuss everything, uh, everywhere, always, all at once, whatever that name of the movie is, uh, which was Eric's pick. Uh, I think we all, well, certainly Eric and I liked it before it was an Oscar <laughs> winner. Uh, Phil hadn't seen it uh, because it didn't star Taylor Swift. And, <laughs> uh, I, and I think he came around to it. But anyway. So. Yeah, sounds good. And speaking of another tongue twister, Mike, what's that other podcast that we, we did some uh, James Gunn stuff? What's going on? What's that podcast called? And what's that all about? Uh, Hollywood, no. Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, which has turned into sort of the catch-all podcast for the Dark Discussions uh, umbrella. And uh, the last thing we did, was it the last thing you did? Was, uh, yeah, the, was you were there. Spot? Yep, that's right. Okay. So you haven't done any? Because you seemed like you were doing like a couple of week. <laughs> you were like blazing through stuff. Yeah, um, just 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 a uh, bunch of stuff in the queue, bunch of stuff in the queue. Okay. So I guess the last one that was released uh was uh an episode dedicated to James Gunn's uh Suicide Squad and uh we were going to continue in that vein. 
at some point with discussing the uh, spin-off series uh uh Peacemaker and in fact the whole that was the whole reason we did Suicide Squad was because we wanted to cover Peacemaker because it made a toilet Taylor Swift joke. So Yep, and we'll be discussing that uh, in November. So that, we'll look for that episode. Uh, and, uh, Barrett, uh, myself, you, Kevin Letts, and Sean Fox are just wrapping up uh, season one uh, of a podcast. What's that all about? Yeah, um, <clears throat> we are watching the show One Piece. Um, and for some reason, now the name of the podcast is escaping me. Boa, Boa, Hancock, and the One Piece. Yeah, it just rolls, right. rolls off the so naturally. Yeah, <laughs> um, probably. Well, it's definitely my favorite show of the year. I think everybody should watch it. It's just a fun show. I finally watched the finale today. And again, just another great episode. So I highly recommend it. All right. Sounds good. All right. So uh, I guess we can get into our final thoughts on this film here. So uh, let's start with you, uh, Mike. Yeah, look, I. I like I said, I appreciate that it's a film that had something to say. I uh, agree with some of it. I maybe don't agree with all of it, uh, but I, I certainly was interested in hearing what it had to say. I think it could have been a little more focused. I think they could have uh, stuck to the theme that they want to end with, which was the if you're you're seen as a monster, you'll behave like a monster. Um, I think that was an interesting idea to explore, but they got sidetracked by coming with all these other. Th- I don't want to say not unworthy topics to discuss, um, when we have a 90-minute movie, well, in this case, a 100-minute movie, I think it's better to to stay on task. Uh, I think as a horror film, it, it worked really well. Uh, I said I really liked the image of uh, the character of Chris, uh, which was, I thought, a really neat interpretation of Frankenstein's monster in a new way. I think the performances were generally pretty good. I think the direction was really good. Um, I didn't really notice the music. Eric, did you mention the music at all? You usually notice that before I do. Um, I did not mention it. No. Yeah, I don't think uh, anybody brought it up. Yeah, I don't. I don't honestly don't don't remember. I, it, I didn't notice that. It may, that, may be, that may be a good thing too. Sometimes uh, it's it's a good thing when you don't notice the music. But anyway, yeah, well, especially if yeah. So anyway, uh, so other than that, I really like the the filmmaking aspects of the movie, uh, and I. Personally, I think it's worth a shot, especially if you already are a subscriber to uh, AMC or uh, or to Shutter, and don't have to pay to see it. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I mean, uh, as Mike stated, it's it's really uh, a pretty solid horror film because uh, it is very dark, um, even with the dark. title. Very dark, but um, even with the title. Uh, making me think it was going to be like more of a uh, something else. Um, it it uh, it is a very dark film. Um, the horror elements are in there and and, and placed well. Uh, and if you like the Frankenstein story, it's an interesting take on it. Um, though uh, I do feel that it falls into the traps of of modern art in the sense that um, it gets. Um, uh, preachy, but when I say preachy, I don't mean there's nothing wrong with being preachy, but it it it's a lot of art falls on one side or the other of a, a spectrum of beliefs, culturally, religiously, politically, and so on and so forth, um, and and that can unfortunately um, backfire, uh, especially in the, like Mike said in a 90 minute film, and also. 
um, if the message is interpreted in a different way or it was specifically uh, for a specific audience and and uh, not for everyone. Uh, but again, as, as a film, it, it's a pretty solidly well-made film and um, it is free on Shudder and AMC. Uh, Eric, what do you got? Uh, I like this movie. Um, I think it was very well made and very well acted. I hope the people that made this movie go on and make more movies. And I will, uh, if I notice their names, uh, give it more than a look. Um, but I probably won't revisit this one. And Barrett. Um, yeah, I generally liked it. I thought it was well produced, well acted, good sense of place. Um, I just thought it was a little heavy handed in its messaging and that kind of didn't make me like it more. <laughs> so other than that, I thought it was worth watching once. Uh, I won't go back to revisit it. All right, sounds good. Uh, the film is, uh, once again, written and directed by first-time filmmaker, or at least feature-length film, uh, Bomani J. Story. Uh, the film stars Leila Dillion Hayes, Denzel Whitaker, Chad L. Coleman, and, of course, uh, Edom Atsu Swansea, uh, who played Chris and the monster, uh, friends of uh, Dan Lynch, um, and he speaks very highly of him. Uh, the, the film is already available on AMC and Shutter if you subscribe to those uh, services. Uh, it also can be rented, as uh, I believe Eric mentioned um, it is available uh, for VOD rental, uh, maybe purchase as well. Uh, the film uh, is getting fairly decent reviews, um, and the production company was Crypt TV. Uh, so I'm not familiar with them, but uh, obviously um, they uh, um, are the production company for this film here, and it was distributed by RLJE Films, uh, released everywhere June 9, 2023. So... With all that, oh, and thank you for Amy Rain for uh, participating in the in the contest. Among all the other participants, um, Amy uh, has won the the, the Blu-ray, The Conjuring. Uh, I will co- contact her, uh, get her address, and, and send that out as soon as possible. And uh, hopefully, uh, she uh, enjoyed our take on this film here. Uh, and with that, Eric, why don't you leave us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about the angry black girl and her monster. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. Mm-hmm.